Welcome, it's indisputable, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. News of the day breakdown will be provided by Michael Shore, reporter and TYT contributor. Also, in my debate segment, the bullpen, I have Hannah Cox, brand ambassador fee online and host of base. We're gonna talk about the DOJ memo about FBI getting involved in school boards as it relates to parents and their violence. The right is saying, "Oh my goodness, this is like Nazi Germany. It should be an interesting conversation. My top story for today, 100 kids at a majority black public school could not get inside of the school, had to wait outside for hours. Many of them walked home or got a ride home because they had the audacity to leave their student ID. Now, let's be very clear. If you had to carry a, an ID to school, uh, you lost it or did not bring it with you that day. Maybe, maybe they could have shown a little grace here. Let me show you a picture of them standing outside. It's a horrible scene. These are kids trying to get an education, okay? This happened in Atlanta, Georgia. More than 100 students say they were forced to wait outside for hours at an Atlanta high school because of strict school ID requirements. Atlanta Public Schools spokespeople told Channel 2's Audrey Washington that they told students and parents that no one was allowed inside the building without a school ID. Now I want to remind you, this is basically a new thing, all right? They were off for a one week break and after that one week break, they come back and they can't go to school. Because they don't have their student ID. This is Frederick Douglass High School. They forgot their IDs, had to stand outside for hours. Frederick Douglass was an escaped slave. Let's put up his picture. I want to remind everybody of who the school is named after and show you the great irony here. Frederick Douglass was an escaped slave who became a prominent activist, author, and public speaker. He became a leader in the abolitionist movement, which sought to end the practice of slavery before and during the Civil War. The great irony is this, he was a man who fought for access. He wanted those in America enslaved individuals who had freedom, he wanted access. He wanted them to get freedom so they could have access. And the school named after him, denying access to students for forgetting their student ID. Let me say this just to bring it home. There are people working all across America, they have an ID to work. If they don't present their ID, there's a default, there's a protocol. They don't gotta go home, they don't just say, "Oh, well, I don't have my ID, I can't work now. No, there's a common sense remedy for you not having an ID. Being told that you can no longer receive education because you forgot your ID or maybe you lost your ID without any remedy on the campus of that institution seems quite ridiculous to me. I know some teachers at this school, very fine educators are there. But this is a policy issue and it goes too far. There was one kid, her name is Trenise Smith. Trenise, 18 years of age, was one of those students outside and out of luck. We were just standing outside. 
All these students standing outside, she said. Smith said she did not know the school would enforce the policy so strongly when they returned from the fall break. She added some students didn't know what to do, so they walked home. The APS Atlanta Public School System did release a statement to Channel 2 Action News that read in part, at Frederick Douglass High School, approximately 100 students cannot enter the building because they did not have their school issued identification cards. Over the past few weeks, school administrators at Douglas have communicated to students and families that students should be required to wear their ID cards at all times in the building. Now I want to remind you that the institution had over 90% compliance, okay? So most of the kids did comply with the mandate. Some kids forgot their ID. Officials went on to state that the added protocol was to enhance the safety and security of the school environment. They added that providing a safe and secure place to learn was their top priority. Great, they have to be inside of the building to do that guys, okay? I just want you to know it does happen inside of the academic training moment, which you denied them that opportunity. I'm not saying don't enforce a school ID requirement. I'm saying have a damn common sense remedy at the institution. Because you know what? Kids and grown folks are going to sometimes forget their ID. Michael, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, you said it perfectly. I mean, there has to be a secondary remedy. At TSA, if you show up to the airport and you don't have your ID on you, there is a plan B at the airport to get you past security at an airport. This is a school. So there has to be a plan B for that. And, you know, what's going to happen next? It's almost as if they would want them to have an ID to vote. Oh, never mind. That's yeah. a good one, brother. But it, is, but it is about it is about. I mean, there's got to be a remedy. This is not so cut and dry that you cannot deny a child to come in. They went home, and, and you're exactly right. If you were, you know, nobody would bring their ID to work if they could then just go home and not go to work. But exactly. but the the uh, the idea is is ridiculous. All right. Well, they are coming up with a plan. I spoke to some people off record earlier today, uh, and they are going to have a common sense remedy so that if a student happens to not have their ID then there's a way to prove they are a student, all right? Good stuff happening, moving in the right direction. There's a place moving in the wrong direction, Chicago police. Chicago police union, the chief, he's telling officers to withhold vaccination status. So let me go to this ridiculous situation that should be a nothing burger. But it is a huge deal right now. Last week, the Chicago Fraternal Order of Police President, John Catanzara, had spoken out against the mandate. What is the mandate? The mandate is you gotta get vaccinated. And you have to provide your proof of vaccination. It is a citywide mandate. All city workers are under this protocol, okay? There are some common sense exceptions to the protocol, but it is a city protocol. These are still city workers. So the union, they're saying, no, don't do it, do not comply. Here's some of the video. All I can tell you is if we suspect the numbers are true and we get a large number of our members to stand firm on their beliefs that this is an overreach and they're not going to supply the information in the portal or submit the testing, 
then it's safe to say the city of Chicago will have a police force at 50% or less for this weekend coming up. That is not because of the FOP. That is 100% because of the mayor's unwillingness to budge from her hard line. So whatever happens because of that manpower issue, that falls at the mayor's doorstep. This could have all been avoided, but it literally has been like everything else with this mayor for the last two and a half years. Do it or else, because I said so. Well, we say otherwise. Oh, okay, I get what you're saying. You all are special. You should not be treated like common workers. You should not be subject to the same rules and regulations as every other city employee. Where did you get that from? Maybe because you all have been treated quite differently than any other employee. Maybe because if you kill somebody, you get to go to work and perhaps a promotion no other city employee would experience something like that. You see, this is getting out of hand. These police agencies have been treated so differently, so special. They have been given so many protections, so many immunities. Why would they ever believe that they are in fact workers for the taxpayer? Why would they believe that? We haven't treated them that way. We have not held them accountable to that manner. So they are now exhibiting exactly what Chicago and other jurisdictions have told them they are special. They can enforce the rules, they don't need to follow them, you're special. Okay, let me give you some background. The memo states that any civilian or sworn employee who disobeys a direct order to comply with the city's vaccination policy, Will become a sub, will become the subject of a disciplinary investigation that could lead in a penalty up to and including separation from the Chicago PD. Furthermore, sworn members who retire while under the investigation may be denied retirement credentials. The memo also informed officers their elective time off would be restricted because that was another trick that the union said they needed to employ. According to the officer down memorial page, COVID-19 is the leading cause of death for cops around the entire country, okay? Mayor Lightfoot was able to get a restraining order from a judge to stop the union chief from his ridiculous commentary. So there's a temporary shut the hell up until it's adjudicated. What did that cause him to do? Here it is. We just had a court hearing about the city's temporary restraining order to prevent me from discussing the vaccine policy. The judge granted the temporary restraining order. So until Monday's hearing, follow up hearing, I will not be able to speak anymore on the policy, any way, shape or form in either way. So with that being said, everybody has to do what's in their hearts and minds, whatever that is. But I will just leave you with this. Policy starts at the top in this city, and it has proven time and time again that the top of this city's policy needs to change. With that being said, enough is enough. Okay, great, you go to run for mayor, good luck on that. Uh, But let me just remind everyone, he was telling all of the cops to violate policy. 
Do not follow the rules, do not comply. We're gonna stand strong, we're tough, we're the police. And then a judge says, shut the hell up. He says, oh, okay. Wait a minute, what happened to the protest? What, what happened to all of this zeal sticking it to the man? What happened, John? Where are you, John? John, I thought we were supposed to be standing together on this. I'm sure your police friends will stand with you, brother, what's going on here? One person has shut you up when you told an entire fleet of men and women to defy the order of their mayor. And you can't deny the order of one judge, come on, a gag order. Michael, am I seeing something wrong here? Seems hypocritical to me, brother. No, well, it is. I mean, you know, they're so used to immunity that they maybe think that they're actually immune to COVID. <laughs> I think that's what's going on here. But I, I, I do think that what you know, one of the things that I found interesting about the way that they approach this is, is that, and you hit on a little bit, Rashad, about taxes, right? I mean, this if this was at Rashad Ritchie's hardware store and they didn't like your. Uh, vaccine rule. They, I could see where they'd have rule to challenge it, to not have to be forced to disclose it in this private place of work. But the taxpayers of Chicago pay these people. They elect the mayor to make decisions about this, and those people have to abide by those decisions. Yeah, they can challenge it in whatever they, way they want, but they have to abide them until such a time is that it's overruled by a court, and that's not what's happening here. Yeah, very well said. All right, I knew I was going to get to it at some point. Trump peeing on girls, I guess. Um, despite Trump denying it last week, the British spy is still very confident that there is a pee tape out there with Donald Trump, okay? Uh, the former British intelligence officer, Christopher Steele, I'm gonna try to get through this, okay? Uh, sat down with George Stephanopoulos to discuss uh, the controversial findings of his dossier. This was back in 2017, and we are still talking about it today. Listen, here's the thing. I don't know if we will ever find the P tape, but do you really put it past Trump to pee on somebody? Really? No. I mean, it probably exists, right? If the tape isn't there, he likely still did it though. Here's some of that interview. And today, do you still believe that that tape exists? I think it probably does, but I wouldn't put 100% certainty on it. So how do you explain if that tape does indeed exist, it hasn't been released? Well, it hasn't needed to be released. Why not? Because I think the Russians felt they'd got pretty good value out of Donald Trump when he was president of the US. All right, Michael, what are your thoughts here? Uh, you know, I, I don't really know where to go. Look, I, I, he uh, peed all over the Constitution, which is a lot more <laughs> right. important than what he did in his private life here. I don't. I, and I, the other part of it is, as much as we do know about Donald Trump, seems like it should be enough. And uh, it, whether or not it was, I mean, I'd say that it was because he lost the election in 2020. And that seems to be the result of, I would say, a compendium of these things being brought out. And this is among them, but I don't think it's gonna change anything whether it's released or not. Yeah, and that's the thing about the era we're living in. P tape or no P tape, it will not change his following. His following will make an excuse for it. His following will say, well, that was before he was anointed to be our Messiah. Whatever they wanna say about him, okay? They will continue to follow him and make excuse. What we've seen year after year, Michael, 
we have seen, especially the Christian evangelicals, they have literally transformed their religion in order to fit Donald J. Trump inside of it. Donald Trump went on record and said he has never asked for forgiveness, right? Well, that's that's a hallmark of the Christian faith. Oh well, maybe he he never needed to. Maybe he never did anything wrong. You know, you only ask for forgiveness if you've sinned. Maybe he's never sinned. Well, that would make him your Messiah, Mr. and Mrs. Christian Evangelical. That's what that would make him. But that's the way he has been able to operate in this current political space. And and they got if I if I have time for a second here, they got what they wanted. They were able to use him as a vessel of sorts to get their three Supreme Court justices. If they bite their tongue, they're very good at it, bite their tongue, vote for this man. They know what's coming back to them for that vote. So I would say as a special interest, they know exactly what they're doing, the Christian evangelicals. And in the case of Donald Trump, it worked very well for them. Yeah, and that's why you have to stop voting personality and vote for the agenda. The agenda is what you're actually trading in. When you send a politician to Washington, you are sending a person who is supposed to trade in for a policy. And that policy should be a policy that creates progress for the community that you love. That's how it works, it's a very transactional game. We want it to be transformational, we would love it to be transformative, but it is not. That's not the game. Now, if you come across some people that are transformative, like AOC and Bernie Sanders and others, great. They are the minority, all right? All right, we got more on the other side. It is indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, it's indisputable. We got a lot of show left. Uh, let me remind everyone, indisputable is now on podcast. Acast or wherever you get your podcast, okay? Apple, Spotify, everywhere, all right? Make sure. You catch Indisputable on podcast. If you're not able to sit down and watch the show, give us five stars if you enjoy the programming. And Indisputable merch, we got it. I wish you Karen Wood, we got the t-shirts. We have the um, lady and gentleman editions of that t-shirt. We also have I Won't Stop Tees available at shoptyt.com. I'm working on the anti-Karen t-shirts. Believe me, I'm working hard on that behind the scenes, all right? Let me read some of these comments, TYT member Mickey C, the silver haired dragon. High school students, mostly ages 13 to 18, how dare they forget their IDs? Haven't they been indoctrinated enough by that age? An adult would never forget, right? Colorado Blue Blazer regular. For anyone with the skills, you you could meme uh, Stallone's Judge Dredd screaming, I am the law, as the fraternal order of police chief. <laughs> Somebody needs to do that actually, and, and put on the outfit, the costume that they were wearing during that movie. That'd be a nice touch to the meme. Uh, Mickey C says also, I remember the story from almost five years ago, uh, and it wasn't that he peed on the prostitutes. Uh, I remember it was. <laughs> It was him hiring them to be on the bed that that Obama slept in. (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry, y'all. That's what the comment said, okay? (laughs) I didn't want to get that graphic. I was trying to stay away from all of that. (sighs) YouTube super chat, KFZ247. White administrators at a black school keep black students out for not having an ID. Sounds familiar. Forbes Zilla. 
I'm the first person at work. If I forget my badge, I'm outside until someone else comes. Think, uh, think I don't need ID. Thing is, I think is what you're saying. I don't need ID for when, <laughs> okay, I get it. The only thing I don't need ID for is when I see my PO because they keeps a photo. <laughs> Maybe the school should do that. <laughs> they have a photo too, by the way, at the school. Uh, Marcus Otero, uh, this all could have been avoided. Sounds like an abuser or a terrorist who was going to go through on some kind of violence. Yeah, he did give you that vibe, did he not? All right, Beast Nation 2009. Uh, Dr. Richard, please keep that lined up mustache and suit game type brother looking sharper than me in the eighth week of basic in the Army Air Force Blues. I doubt that, but I appreciate your compliment. Uh, Spud, release the P, Jim Garcia, <laughs> Jim Garcia. It was the most beautiful P, the greatest P since Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Twitch, Lord Harlock, sounds like voter ID laws. Yep, Jax Drax, I guess an ID is more important than an education. Well, yeah, obviously, they made a decision, they prioritized, right? Okay, uh, Rupert, COVID deaths of cops are higher than traffic fatalities or shootings. Yep, T minus zero. Uh, that is a video I don't ever want to see. I will take your word for it. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is funny. I think this is uh, Ken Sai Immortal. Bet if you seize banners and stones, computers, you find that tape somewhere. <laughs> yeah, y'all are so wrong. Okay. <laughs> Let me say this, let me qualify this before I kick it. I actually had an ex-girlfriend at one point who acted just like this. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're gonna feel right, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Hi. Monza's back there, just so you know. This is Carmelo's, that's Monza. That right. street. The the address says Carmelo's. Oh no, it's Monza. It's back there. Okay, I can't I can't read minds. I can only go by what it tells me. Okay, well, are you in a good mood? Uh I was right up until somebody told me that I was supposed to pick them up at a place where the address didn't tell me to pick them up. Are you gonna get me home safely or you're gonna have an attitude? Maybe both. Okay, well. I always get people home safely. Okay, um, can you handle this? And just so that you know, it's a completely separate restaurant. It's back there on Battle Street. That's where we were standing. So I just ran up the street, come up here because you said that you're outside of Carmelo's, right. which is here. Mm -hmm. Are you good? Yes, I'm good. Do you realize that the address that Doesn't you- Doesn't matter, are you good? Can you get I'm, me home safe and sound? Yes, do you I need realize the address the you gave me was Carmelo's? No, I just dropped a pin. It said pick up here at Monza. So that's what I'm asking. Are you gonna be okay? Or are you yeah. gonna have an attitude? See it right there. It doesn't the matter. Are you okay? Or are you gonna have an attitude? Uh, I'm done. This you ride is canceled. All right. You've gotta be kidding me. Because the attitude I'm getting is from you. You are the first person in the history of time that has ever been upset with me or anybody, Lawrence, for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, there's a first time for everything. Yeah, well, there's no more Uber, so 
you need to get me home. No, I'm canceling the ride. Well, one, I'm gonna call the cops on your plate, and two. You're gonna call the cops? Honey, For I am what? the cops. You're gonna oh what's 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 adorable. Yeah. <laughs> There is so much here, the Karenicity is really strong here. A great case study for us to examine. She ended the conversation, she ended the argument as many Karens do who are suffering from Karenicity by calling a gun to the scene. She's going to call 911 on his tag. He's shocked by this because there is no reason to call a gun to the situation. And then she says, honey, I am the cops, okay? So let's go through this. She said this was the first time in the history of time. Now that's a long time, the history of time. I would imagine, I don't know how to calculate that. But the history of time is a very, very long time. This is the first time in the history of time, according to this Karen, that anybody has ever done something like this, period, in the history of time. Naturally, he cannot read her mind. Naturally, he does not know anything other than what the app tells him, okay? We're keeping a book, Michael, of what is a Karen, okay? So every time we experience something new, we make sure we notice. So here's what we also know from this Karen encounter. They don't like attitude, they expect you to read minds. Um, the police will save them from Uber and things happen to them that have never happened in the history of time. So those are things that we know. Michael, what are your thoughts here? Well, yeah, it's not just no one. It's not just in the history of time that this has never happened. No one, she says, has ever been upset with her right. for any <laughs> right. in the history of time. That's the. This is the first time in this woman's life, in Karen's life, uh, that anyone has been upset with her, and it happens to be this guy who's just picking her up to take her home. You know, I mean, it's just it, it's unbelievable. And yeah, and then the line as it, you know, the honey, I am the cops. I mean, that to me is everything because that probably in your Karenicity book. Uh, it applies to so many people who think that they are in that moment. This this had all the, you know, check off everything on this one. Yeah, the reason she said that is because she believes even when she's out of line, the police will protect her. Well, that has been the social narrative. That has been the social response and social reality for many, many years. And that's why we expose it because well, we are changing that narrative. And I, I did a little research on where Monza's is on Battle Street, and it's in Manassas, Virginia, which is, of course, one of the great revolutionary battles in in in, in U.S. history. And it's great that we now return to this kind of warfare uh, <laughs> on Battle Street in Manassas. Man, good for you for doing that research, brother. Thank you for that insight. All right, I got something for everybody. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel great. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. This is mine. You can't take it. I tried borrowing yours. You don't want to let me use it. I brought my microphone. I'm going to use it. This is perfect. Thank you. We're set up great. If you don't take the seat, the
Uh, Karen, let me count the ways. This airplane was still in mid-flight. So all of this happened while everybody was in the damn air. This would make me nervous as hell. So what did she do? She came armed with her own microphone setup, basically, uh, to do a TED talk on an airplane. Uh, this Karen is indeed one of, um, she's gonna go down in the Hall of Fame. All right, so let, let's be clear on that. Uh, she had her own headset microphone uh, in her bizarre attempt to explain COVID-19 as if she was on a stage at a TED talk. Uh, she's still before her fellow passengers uh, with such confidence, despite the attendants doing their best to get her back in the seat. Um, how do we get this information? We actually got it in real time, like this hit the world basically while the plane was still in the air. Because singer songwriter Johnny was on <laughs> the plane and decided to purchase the plane Wi-Fi, the airline Wi-Fi just to upload this. Thank you, my friend, thank you. Michael, why would someone plan to do this? This was planned, there's no way you had that microphone set up, just happened to be there and you wanted to do this thing. Right, and the real tragedy, of course, Rashad, is that we never really found out why the pandemic started. I mean, she just teased us the whole time. I know she really you know, did. It was the internet, and I, I couldn't find out. I uh, you know, there's a genre of person that uh, is so narcissistic. She even mentions, she says, but basically alludes to the fact that she's easy on the eyes. I'm not hard to look at, or I'm easy to look at. I don't remember the quote, but but there there's such a narcissism about it that she's prepared. She knows this is going to happen. It's pre meditate, she has her dog with her, and they want the attention. They don't care about the message, it's all about the attention. And it's that way for so many people who look for these. You know, Andy Warhol had no idea when he said everybody wants 15 minutes of fame, what this would turn into. And it has really exploded with the advent of the cell phone. You know, this is one of those opportunities where Karenicity connects with the COVID narrative and it just combines to make a big mess. Uh, airplanes are serious machines. Uh, they can be dangerous machines. And anytime I'm on an airplane, I am cautious because I don't want something to go bad. I'm listening for things, I'm looking at things, I'm making sure uh, that I'm safe, that I know what to do in case something does happen. And while you're in that space, Michael, the last thing you need is an out of the blue Karen to jump up and start talking nonsense while you're in the air. Damn it, Karen, do it before we take off, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know, airplanes now, as you pointed, airplanes are a little bit safer now because of this, because she won't be able to fly on one for a very long time. Yeah, and I'm sure she got those yellow handcuffs. We don't see it, right. uh, but I'm sure it did happen. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Uh, don't forget about podcasts, indisputable on podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast, okay? TYT member Lynn says, I'm flying in a week. I hope the travel gods are with me and don't allow a Karen on the flight. No, but Lynn, I think you're looking at this wrong. We want you to record the Karen on the flight, okay? At least if you're on the flight with the Karen, we know that there's an anti-Karen on board, okay? All right.
I am Sock says, we need to figure out the Karen K9 relationship ASAP. <laughs> that that was funny. Colorado Blue Blazer regular, where is the line of people smacking Karen around like in the movie Airplane? That was just a movie. YouTube super chat. C3339409, new book title, The 10 Karen Commandments. Key to boot forever. Doc, I love how much you love your job. You exude your sincerity and joy every show you do. I love watching and listening to your show every day. Well, thank you for that. I do love doing what I do. I have a remarkable team as well. KFZ247, he knew he was dealing with a fool after that line, LOL. Archie15, planes really need that DB Cooper set of stairs so they can throw people out like this. <laughs> Pitchforks Dragon, get the duct tape. <laughs> Nicolette. Horatis, uh, my goodness, Dr. Richie, the things this chat makes you say. We do appreciate you for being such a good sport about it, LOL. Well, I appreciate you all. Uh, Twitch, SV Harkin, when she started to growl like a demon, <laughs> yeah. Glitteriest Lady Dread, should she have brought a ring light to amateur? <laughs> all right. Shifting gears, what if I told you that there's a woman who was assaulted and then she's getting away from the assault to only be assaulted by a police officer while leaving that assault? Let me show you the video. Peach. You see, stuff like this really pisses me off. This woman was just victimized and then victimized again by a cop. Her name is Chantel Arnold. This was a sheriff deputy at the Jefferson Parish in Louisiana. This was caught on video by someone who just happened to be around, noticed that it did not seem right. Let's put up a picture of this young lady who was assaulted twice. There she is. Disheveled and covered in dirt, Miss Arnold stumbled down the road towards her home when an unidentified Jefferson Parish Sheriff Office deputy rode up beside her in his patrol car. He sees that something is wrong, she's been assaulted. In the transcript of her interview with Internal Affairs, Arnold says, I'm on my way home. I ain't make it all the way to the block. The police came out of nowhere swarming, getting me like, come here. I'm like, what's going on? I just got beat up by two children. She's talking about two teens that jumped her. And what are y'all doing? Arnold said the deputy demanded that she stop and talk to him. Remember, she's a victim here. She's victim of a crime. She told him she had just been assaulted. She tells him a crime happened to me. Wanted to go home and continue walking. According to Arnold's uncle, Tony Gibbons, the officer jumped out of his vehicle, grabbed Arnold, and threw her to the ground unprovoked. 
Arnold told the NOLA that her altercation with the deputy left her with several bruises and scratches, a busted lip and recurring headaches. She was not charged with a crime afterward, charged with nothing. In a statement, Louisiana's ACLU said the video was another testament to how often the sheriff's department targets and brutalizes innocent unarmed members of the black community. That deputy is now under investigation by the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office for his actions on September 20th. They play, they're playing that game they play. We're not releasing information until the conclusion of the investigation, blah, blah, blah. They don't want to give us pictures and names. So we have a game we play as well over here at Indisputable. We put up the boss. So if you don't tell us who they are, we put up the boss. So here's the sheriff, here's his boss, Joseph Lopinto, the third. That is the sheriff of Jefferson Parish. Okay, he's the person to charge, buck stops with him. And until we have another picture, that's the guy you should remember, all right? Michael seems really insane that a victim of a crime would get thrown around by her head, her hair would be physically assaulted by a cop after she told the cop, I was just physically assaulted. She does have a right to continue to go home. She does not have to be forced to press charges. God knows I wish she would have, but she does not, she should not be assaulted criminally by a cop because she's already in an extreme emotional state, just trying to get home. I mean, there's not much to add to what you're saying and what we just saw. One thing, you know, coming out of the Karen conversation, right? We, I, you'd think, oh God, you know, if we just didn't have cameras, if we didn't have these things, these people couldn't get those moments of of self-sought fame and get the attention that the Karens get. Then you see a story like this, and you say, "Thank goodness we have cameras," because you know, starting with Rodney King, at the advent of videoing these incidents, imagine—I mean, you don't have to imagine—and and in your community, it's gone on for centuries, really. Yeah. That that knowing that this has been going on, and now we can document, and now we can go after the people that work for Joe Lapinto and the people that that are you know doing these things to other innocent people, and and that's the that's the benefit of having these cameras, so I wouldn't trade it for a thing. You know, Dr. King had a strategy. I teach Dr. King as a social agent at the university. It's one of my favorite classes to teach. And when you analyze the strategy of Dr. King, he knew that it was important to expose the behavior publicly. And he made sure that when he engaged in civil protest, civil disobedience, cameras were there. Because the cameras provide reflection. It provides a reflection for the soul of the nation. Now, you could try to cover up who you really are. You can put on a nice tie, you can put on a nice position, and you can speak like you want to speak. You can make the presentation, and that presentation may work for you. But when it is exposed publicly, what you're actually hiding, that's when things start changing. And I'm thankful that we have the smartphones in the world because they have been the unsung heroes of many of these instances where corruption and brutality and even murder has been exposed. All right. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if ahead. it's a full or not, but you know, and going off and you know this, you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but the, the images of Birmingham with mm-hmm. the dogs 
Yep. That was, you know, it wasn't obviously choreographed. It was important to have those those photographers there because internationally, it was in the International Herald Tribune, and it got people so upset outside the country that the pressure that then came on the U.S. government from afar was what caused a lot of the reaction to what happened in the South. So photographs do do a lot of good. Absolutely. All right, there's a homeless man discharged from a hospital according to the report because he could no longer pay his bills. He was found looking like he was dying. Let me give you some background to this. An unidentified elderly black man, let's put up his picture. An unidentified elderly black man was found on a sidewalk in Conyers, Georgia. That's a suburb of Atlanta with medical tubes still attached to his body. After being discharged from a hospital nearby because Medicare would not continue coverage for his treatment. So that's one issue, that's called your policy issue. Okay, we'll deal with that one in a moment. That's one issue, that's not his only issue. 68 year old man was discovered collapsed. Um, at the Piedmont Rockdale Hospital Thursday, October 14th. According to a 911 caller, he appeared unresponsive and in need of medical assistance. The caller said, and I quote, poor guy, but he probably needs an ambulance and not. Mm-mm-mm. The 911 caller said, according to WSB TV, is right in front of the Piedmont Rockdale emergency entrance. Conyers police deputy, Chief Scott Freeman told reporters that according to hospital employee, the man was in the hospital's care for 35 days for unidentified treatment and was cleared as, and I quote, fit to leave by two doctors when the hospital was notified that Medicare would not continue paying for his care. He was dressed by security who then escorted him off the premises. Here's here's what I gotta say. If security has to address you, you probably are not well enough to leave the damn hospital. If security has to put your clothes on for you. The man didn't even make it beyond the entrance, he fell out right outside of the entrance of the hospital. It gets deeper. When medical responders arrived to treat the man after the 911 call, he was found to have sepsis, a high heart rate fever, urinary tract infection, and possible bladder infection. One of those is enough to stay in the hospital, one. He had all of that, and that's just from their preliminary examination. He had all of that. Common sense dictates that you do not treat human beings the way that we're seeing in this particular case, said Freeman, who plans on filing a report on the incident with the Georgia Department of Community Affairs. This man is laying out on the sidewalk unresponsive, and this is how they brought him out. They escorted him off the property and just left him on the sidewalk. This is inhumane. This is not who we are as a city, as a county, or even as a country, or it should not be. Who's talking up for this brother? Who's talking up for him? The deputy police chief, that's the deputy police chief talking up for this person. 
Piedmont Healthcare addressed the incident insinuating that the patient did not want continued services, saying that while they do their best to connect patients in need with appropriate after hospital care, whether or not the services are accepted is at the discretion of the patient. The issue is not after patient care. The issue is he should have never not been a patient. That's the issue. Michael, what are your thoughts here? I mean, it's, there's so many levels to attack this on, and, and you, you've already said that. Uh, one thing that you have to say is that there's, you know, th- this man's fate should not be decided by a numbers cruncher sitting somewhere in that hospital building saying, we can't do this anymore. We're not making enough money off of it, which is probably a little more distilled than what really happened, but it is that in essence. Uh, The other thing is you talk about sepsis, you talk about a bladder infection, urinary tract infection. President Bill Clinton was just in a hospital in Southern California with all those things. Can you imagine if they just walked him out and said, you're fine? That's essentially what they did to this man without knowing the 35 days of history. And then to sort of come full uh, circle, quickly on on the, the stories we've talked about today. This is no different, that there needs to be a secondary remedy, no different than the kids outside the school. There has to be a way to let them in. There has to be a way to, if the, the Medicare has run dry, to not let this guy out, same thing. That's right, well said. Now, I wanna remind people, it started with a national policy, that's your Medicare, and then it went to a local policy that's at the, at the hospital. And as Michael pointed out, you got a bean counter somewhere, right? But the genesis of all of it is money. All of it, the national to the local money. And when are we going to define ourselves as a nation beyond the capital structure and look at the human structure? Because the human structure is what made us great. That's the human structure, the capital structure creates destruction. All right, Matt Gates. listen, I'm gonna do this story because I find it fascinating that he decided to interview his pops while wearing shades. Now I give you the reason why I'm doing this story. He's talking about the FBI getting involved with school boards, which by the way, is not what's really happening. That's just the line they're pushing. Here it is. Do you think it'll work? Because I almost think it could backfire. I think as parents are really you know, backed down by the federal government, they will become even more strident and even more active. So it, you know, it remains to be seen in the weeks and months ahead. Are the school board meetings going to go back to a dynamic with the tumbleweed rolling through, or are these parents going to going to keep showing up? And I ju- I just don't think that the FBI wants to pick a fight with tiger moms and, t- and tiger dads who love their kids. Uh, you know, if the intent here is to chill participation, sir, you're under investigation for trafficking underage girls. Number one. Number two. Word on the street is. You are a prolific cocaine user. I don't think it's a great idea to wear cocaine shades during an interview when people are saying you are a cocaine user. This, this sir, I, I don't, first of all, I don't give a damn what your daddy got to say about anything. So that's why I cut it off when your pop started talking. Who cares? I don't care what he has to say. Really don't care much about what you have to say, except for the fact you are sitting US Congressman and what you say actually influences. Some of these cronies to do ridiculous things at school boards. The FBI is not investigating parents. That's not what's happening here. The FBI, through the DOJ memorandum, what they are saying is we will coordinate with local law enforcement by request, by coordination to remedy some of these issues. All right, Michael 
Final thoughts, brother. Well, common sense, you would think if you're Matt Gates, you would stay as far away from the school board as you possibly could. <laughs> uh, his dad, Don Gates, uh, is actually not as this benign old fellow next to him. He's the person who paved the way as yeah, a legislator yeah. in Florida for Matt Gates as well. So just keep that in mind too. Yeah, he did, and he's one of those. He pulls the strings behind the scenes, been doing that for a very long time. All right, brother, always a pleasure having you on the program. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, thanks for having me. Let me read some of these comments and go to the next segment. Lynn says, please don't tell me officers are pulling hair again. Really, besides throwing her around on the ground, of course. Eric the Red, if the police had a functional relationship with the population, she would have been delighted to see a cop just when she had just when she had been assaulted, she she could have he could have helped her, offered her a ride home, given her a phone number that she could call, arranged to see, um, arranged to see she wasn't alone or needed to go to emergency. Yeah, that's right. There are so many things that could have happened in that moment, rather than him assaulting her again. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.